welcome to the Pokemon Raceway podcast. We're in season five. This is obviously our 50 years of the Tricky Triangle celebration. And I'm your host, Kevin. Not Heaney, but this is Kevin Teal. And we got JJ and Chrissy here as well. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. We kicked Heaney off the podcast. Not really. (laughs) He's just a very busy man because we have a lot of exciting things going on with the 50th. Um, and a lot of exciting announcements in the pipeline around our race weekend. So we didn't kick him off. We just left him out. He just didn't click the Zoom link fast enough, so we started recording. So he could join. We don't know. It, it's always a surprise here at Pocono Raceway, what's going to happen. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We have another great episode here. We, uh, we talked with Ryan Blaney, who uh, actually got his first win here in 2017. So this is kind of... Uh, going to be a little shift for us. You know, we've been talking to some of the, the greats in the early days here at Pocono Raceway with Richard Petty. Uh, we talked with Mario Andretti already. We talked with Jeff Gordon, who's six wins all time here. So now we're taking it um, a little bit closer to us here. 2017, when Blaney got his first win here for the Wood Brothers, which is historic in itself, their 99th win. Um, but what people don't know is he's also had a, a, a past here before 2017, uh, he actually won his first qu- uh, three-quarter midget race at the, on three-quarter midget track right outside the raceway. Basically, we made Ryan Bellini's career is what I took out of this. That's right. It sounds about right. So we had a great conversation with him, um, and we get into kind of talking about what he remembers of the track growing up as a kid coming up here, to if that shifted or changed or, or how he sees it now as a competitor. And it's pretty interesting to hear his answer on that. Um, In addition to that, we have some really cool things with our 50th anniversary celebration happening, too, right now. Uh, We just recently uploaded a whole bunch of fan stories that fans have submitted through our website um, to fill out our timeline on on our 50 years of the Tricky Triangle celebration. So go ahead, check that out on PokemonRaceway.com slash 50. See if your story was added, if you submitted one. And be sure to fill out the form and submit a story if you haven't yet already and, and send us some pictures, you know. Um, we talk about Brad Kozlowski a little bit in this interview because Blaney also drove for Brad. And just recently, a fan submitted a whole bunch of pictures from uh, Brad's uncle, Ron Kozlowski's win here in 1974 in the USAC race. So that was really cool to share. And it was a lot of pictures that we have never seen before. I think that's the coolest thing about this whole 50th is, and, and the portal is that there's so much stuff that we had no idea even existed was out there in different angles of things that we never ever would have known of without having the ability to let these fans share the last 50 years with us. And it's just so exciting to go through it and just see all of that stuff outside of the, you know, the historic events that have happened on the racetrack, just seeing the behind this kind of scene stuff is, is so cool. Yeah, I agree with you, JJ. I mean, like, a lot of this stuff obviously happened before our time and fans submitting their stories and their pictures. I think we could say that we're learning as we go as well, you know, learning the history of Pocono and learning the races that were there and uh, all the legends as well. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many stories out there um, from both the fans, uh, people who worked at the raceway previously, people who work at the raceway now. Um, and the only way you kind of learn all the little things that have happened here, like you can look in, in the record books and we have all the records up there on the raceway on the, on the page, but like those stories is really what has made this place over the last 50 years. And and those stories that, that people have shared and traditions, um, that continue uh, to go on, you know? Uh, so we got some, 
some exciting things there. We, we were talking to a lot of exciting people this year um, to kind of share those stories. So what do you say, guys, we get into the interview now with Ryan Blaney? Let it rip, Mr. T. Let's go. Awesome. Ryan, thanks for making the time for this today. I uh, appreciate no. you hopping on here. Um, no your, his your history with this racetrack long predates even your first truck start here. Um, coming up here uh, with your dad, for fans listening to the podcast, I'm sure they know your dad was a cup racer, Dave Blaney. Uh, what are your first memories of coming to the Tricky Triangle? Yeah, you know, really my first memories is uh, I ran, I, I made my first ever uh, start in any race car at, uh, at that little dirt track outside of turn three. Um, that's, that's where I started running, running quarter midgets. Um, now we practiced, we used to practice in our yard up in high point, um, before that. So I had pretty good, uh, grass experience, um, but never any uh, kind of pavement or dirt. Uh, so, um, that's my first memories of going out there and, and running at the little coordinated track. I know it's still there and I, I think it's great that it's still there and still hosting races because it's a great spot for kids to start, um, you know, their careers and, and kind of get a feel for cars. So, uh, that's my first memories. Uh, we just went up there on a weekend. Dad was racing and, and, uh, was able to run some laps and, and race a little bit. So, um, I, I love the area. Uh, it always holds a, a special place in my heart for multiple reasons. You know, on top of that, too, Ryan, you talked about, you know, the, the Pocono Mountains. And actually, uh, believe it or not, the Lehigh Valley Quarterman track was actually donated land from the ownership group here, Doc and Doc Rose. Uh, they gave that land to Lehigh Valley Quarterman. So, um, you know, you know a lot about, obviously, you're, you're, you're kind of a, a, a historian in your own right. I know that you love to collect things. Um, you know, talking about Doc and Doc Rose and obviously the, the impact that they've had on motorsports um, and from coming up here. What was it always like coming to Pocono Raceway with your family before you were actually racing full time? Uh, what was the environment like? Um, and did you have any meetings or chance meetings with our ownership group in the past? Yeah. Um, you know, so Pocono is, is not terribly far away from, you know, kind of where I'm from, uh, you know, up in Hartford, Ohio. And uh, I didn't I didn't live there for very long when I was born, but um, I, you know, my dad's family is still up there and um things like that so it was always a special place i just like the area uh you know the pocono mountains I've, uh, i i like that that kind of atmosphere uh, a lot and um you know it, it was great to meet to meet everybody throughout the years as i've gotten older you know obviously you i i see and meet people as a kid who i didn't necessarily know who they were at the time when i was a kid but you get older and you're like oh i remember you from 15 years ago, you know, 10 years ago. So, uh, that part's pretty cool to, to go back and, um, you know, fortunate to, to be able to race there, you know, a couple of times a year, um, since then, you know, fortunate to get my first cup win there. That's just kind of neat how it all kind of circles back around from being a kid and getting your first quarter to start there. And then, and then winning, uh, your first cup race there with a team like the Wood Brothers. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I remember, you know, meeting everybody and, and just a, a great, great family atmosphere up there. Um, you know, that's something that's really important to me and, um, I think they do a great job and not only putting on a great race, but also accommodating to the fans. Uh, I think that's another huge part of, of what makes Pocono so successful. You, even before getting a chance to win your first cup race, of course, got your second career truck win at Pocono in 2013. Uh, great move on a late, late, race, late race restart in that race too. What do you recall about that win in particular and, um, I guess what kind of significance did that one hold for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was neat to get that one up there in 2013 for 
Keselowski's Brad's truck team. Uh, I drove for them for a couple of years and, you know, that was a little bit of a struggle year for us. Um, you know, we, we didn't run great that whole year. That was my first year full-time in trucks. Um, and, and we, we didn't quite have the firepower, um, to compete with, you know, like Thor sports, like, uh, well, it was Turner, Turner Motorsports had a team back then. Um, th those guys were super fast and red horse racing was really fast then too. So, um, to, to go out and we didn't have the best truck that race, uh, you know, we ran third, fourth, fifth, the whole race and just had a couple really good restarts there at the end. Um, and, and was able to capitalize, you know, starting front row and getting a good restart and then clearing, um, I think I cleared Herman Caroga in the one and, uh, and we're able to set sail there and, and get a win. So that was just cool. Um, you know, coming off, you know, uh, a part-time schedule in 2012, uh, and then to do it for BKR. And it was, it was our first win with Ford. We switched to Ford, um, that year from 2012 to 13, we were Dodge and went to Ford. Um, and so that was huge for Ford to get back into the truck series, um, and get a win, uh, for those guys. And it started, a you know, a, a great relationship obviously now with Ford. You're talking about your first laps around this place, um, from a kid to a competitor, uh, let's go with the kid first and then to the competitor. What was your first impressions of the triangle? <laughs> and then as a competitor, what's your impression of the triangle? Yeah. Uh, well, unique. Um, you know, I thought that as a kid and I still think it, uh, there's no other track like it. Um, for sure. Not where we go to, and I'm sure there's no other track like it really in the world, uh, a massive triangle like that. And, you know, besides it almost feels, you know, bigger than, than Daytona. Talladega, you know, I raced in Daytona and Talladega before I went to Pocono and what actually, and actually raced there. Um, but I remember as a kid watching, you know, dad run there when I would run quarter majors. So I'm like, man, this place is huge. I don't know. I don't know what else is from, I don't know. I don't know how big it is. You know, as a kid, you can't, you don't grasp size, you know, you don't grasp, uh, you know, you only see what is immediately in front of you as a kid. You're just, your mind is not, you know, developed enough to really understand the bigger picture. And so as a kid, all I could see was like the front stretch, you know, and uh, when I'd go watch and I'm like, whoa, I wonder what goes on the other 50 seconds, you know, around this place um, until they come back to my view. Uh, so I was like, man, this place is pretty cool. It looks big. And I know the layout. I know it's a triangle, but you don't really get the full appreciation of it. And then my first laps there, in a truck uh, i remember going out for practice and i'm like man you're going down the front stretch and you come off turn three and you're like i can't even see turn one this is huge it's way down there i'm squinting my eyes trying to see turn one and uh it feels like you're on the, you can eat lunch you know while in the time you're going down the front stretch and and then it you get through turn one and you're like oh this is a completely different corner turn two way different little tunnel turn really sharp fast corner you're like all right well that's two unique corners then you get turn three and you're like well this is way different this is a massive long corner very flat compared to the other two corners uh and, and then at, at that time i realized well my truck is doing something different in turn one it's doing something different in the tunnel turn and it's doing something different in turn three so how do i work on trying to figure out how the heck to get my truck running decent in all three corners. And the thing is, you can't, you kind of, you can make a couple good and then you're kind of dealing with the other one. You're never going to be perfect around Pocono, which makes it really unique, but I'll never forget my first laps going down the front stretch and you can barely see turn one. And 
Uh, and then, you know, obviously you get a little bit more used to it. And back then, you know, we didn't have simulators, you know, you, you didn't have, you had, you had NASCAR racing games. So that was really like the only time I've been on the track, but, uh, and, and I took the pace car out before practice just to kind of see, but it still doesn't really prepare you for at speed, you know, going 170, 180 mile an hour. But uh, that's an experience you'll never forget. I think it's safe to say you eventually figured it out pretty well, though. Uh, 2017 comes around and uh, you had a lot of adversity that day. Uh, couldn't The crew couldn't hear you. You had to basically tell them what you wanted adjusted on the car by giving them hand signals. Uh, went really old school, uh, which is, seems kind of fitting with the Wood Brothers. Um, what can you recall about that day and especially that that last restart and that last run to the checkered flag when I mean you're competing with two of the sports best and Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick to, to hold them off to try to get your first win yeah um you know that was a very unique day uh, to say the least we had a loose wheel early in that race and it kind of threw us off our strategy a little bit um so that switched up early in the day from what we originally had planned um and then you know not too long after our loose wheel, um, radio went out. Uh, and like you said, I, I could hear the team, but they couldn't hear me, which in retrospect, you know, that's better than them not and, and me not being able to hear them and them can hear me. Um, it's almost a little bit better because they can tell me, you know, what their strategy is, when to pit, all that stuff. And, and they can tell me, you know, hey, we did hand on the roof for loose, hand on the door for tight. And I do that when I go down the front stretch, you know, in a run or, you know, first lap after caution, just so they knew how to adjust in the race car. Um, and so, you know, we found ourselves towards the front, towards the end of that race. And the 18, I remember, was dominant, dominant all day. He was really fast, and it didn't look like anyone was going to beat him. Uh, I knew we could probably run top five. Um, but I didn't think we had the car to beat him. Uh, and we kind of got off. A, a lot of us came down pit road and pitted, and he didn't. He stayed out on a little bit older tires. And uh, we lined up fourth and we just got a good restart, uh, got a good restart, was able to get to second. And uh, he slipped a little bit off of three and I was able to get a big, massive run on him. And uh, he didn't make it easy on me. That's for sure. Kyle didn't. And, uh, you know, I don't blame him for doing that at all. He's going to protect trying to win the race, too. So uh, and that made it for a very exciting lap uh, of us side by side racing and um, downshifting and things like that. Uh, and then we were able to clear them off of three there coming to what nine or 10 to go, something like that. And then, but I knew the, the four car was fast and I knew he was probably coming and it was only a matter of time before he got second. And I'm like, you know, the job's not, not done. Still got, you know, 10 long laps around that place to hold Kevin off. And uh, you know, we were, we were able to do that. So um, very, uh, a lot of pressure uh, in that situation, you know, going for your first win, trying to hold off someone who's a little bit faster than you. Uh, especially a driver like Kevin, who I grew up, you know, really watching and admiring and, uh, you know, still do and uh, go down as one of the sports greatest. And, you know, to, to be able to win that, uh, not only for, you know, myself, but, you know, for the Wood Brothers, that was great. It was their 99th win in the sport. That was my first cup win. It was a lot of people on that team's first cup win, um, you know, myself. Jeremy Bowen's my crew chief, um, you know, our engineers, uh, you know, some crew guys on there. It was their first cup wins too. So that was really special to do that. And I'll never forget that. Uh, never forget that day. That trophy was, it, it used to be in my dad's shop. I gave all my first NASCAR win trophies to my dad and they were sitting in his shop. And then he built me a little display uh, for my birthday this year that now I have all my 
my NASCAR first win trophies on it. And that's that trophy sitting in my house now, but that was just really special um, day to do that, especially in the way that we did it. Uh, we earned it a lot. We definitely had to earn that one. Um, and it was just so cool to win for the Wood Brothers. I remember going to the Wood Brothers shop for the first time in 2015 when I was going to run their car and up in Stewart and they have all these big banners of people and drivers who have won for them. And you have greats up there, you know, David Pearson, Kelly Yarbrough. And, and I'm like, man, I want my name. I want my face on a banner up here. Win for these guys. And uh, it was just super cool that, and it turned out to be my last year running for those guys. You know, we started the, the 12 car in 2018. So I really wanted to get win a hundred for them. Uh, we were close a couple other times that year, but uh, that was, that was a, a race I'll never forget. And definitely a, uh, after party that I'll never forget, even though I probably forget most of it, but uh, it was something I'll never forget as well. And we'll wrap up the final question here, Ryan, let you know. Um, so it's pretty cool. Actually, you and your current boss, uh, Mr. Penske, um, you actually share a first. Uh, the first win of Roger Penske's IndyCar career came here in 1971, which is the whole purpose of the 50th celebration this year. Oh, wow. um, so you got your first cup win. He got his first win that really put him on the map in terms of uh, Indy car racing, open wheel racing, and eventually, obviously, he would get into stock cars. Um, so talk a little bit about the importance of Pocono Raceway to your own history in motorsports and where you think that's going to kind of rank, um, as well as what it means for the sport to have such a, a, a track that's been a part of racing for over 50 years in the Northeast. Well, I think, you know, whenever you have a track that's around for 50 years, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, you, you see some amazing racetracks, you know, come and go, and especially who've been around for decades. Um, you know, it's, it's just great that, you know, Pocono has stayed, stayed solidified as one of the, the great tracks in NASCAR. Um, and to, to get a couple wins there across a couple series is definitely special. Uh, and another thing that made it really special for me is uh, they, you know, I know I, there's, there's three guys who have won at Pocono for the Wood Brothers with David Pearson and Neil Bonnet and then, and then me. And I think that's a really cool, uh, stat to have um for for my sake at least and the wood brothers um i know just the history and i didn't know that about mr penske uh he got his first indy car win there in 71 um but i just think you know when you get tracks who've, who've been around for so long and have adapted to you know the changing times uh with different series uh from indycar nascar other series uh it makes it really special and i i hope it's around i hope pocono is around for 50 more years um, because you, you, I love to see tracks with a ton of history tracks in general, stay around and, and really keep growing. Um, but just a really special place, um, you know, for a lot of people, even fans, I'm, you know, you have fans that get the home track like that. And they've, they've probably been going for decades. There's a bunch of fans that go to tra certain tracks for their whole life, really, and bring their kids there and their grandkids and, and they build a relationship with that track. And that's what my dad really did with me, um, was, have me build a relationship with with all these different tracks even though if he didn't know it at the time it, it does so uh, that'll Pocono will always have a special place in my heart uh, for multiple reasons um, and and I'm really excited that uh, you know it's still going really strong and we have double headers there and um, you know it's it's one of the coolest race tracks we go to so you know bravo to you guys um, for for really growing and, and doing a great job and accommodating everybody and from drivers teams and fans and Here's to uh, another 50 years of Pocono. All right, man. Thanks for your time. We'll let you get on your way. And I appreciate everything, man. We'll see you in a couple months. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you. Going? Well, there you have it. Anything else you need to know about Ryan Blaney? That pretty much, uh, pretty much covered it.
Yeah, and I really love his perspective. You know, as Teal mentioned earlier, it's from a child, a child's perspective to now a competitor. It's like everyone else that we've interviewed so far, we haven't really gotten that perspective. Um, so I think Ryan was the first one. I think that's so neat. Yeah, and it's cool to see um, or cool, cool to hear um, kind of just about that day again, you know, his radio wasn't working for the when he won for the Wood Brothers there and, and just what that, that win meant for him, for the team. Uh, and for everybody, it, it's uh, it's really cool. And you know what? The thing with Ryan Blaney here is he's he might not be done. You know, we might be doing maybe 75 years of the Tricky Triangle, and we could interview him again, and he could have a whole bunch more wins here. I wouldn't be surprised. So he's got a long career ahead of him. And that, That's a very good point, Kevin. And, and you know, you kind of touched on it in the intro to this whole thing that, you know, we, we talked to a lot of legends in the sport, and this was a shift up for us. But, you know – Ryan getting that win for the Wood Brothers, I don't want to say it necessarily put him on the map, but, you know, your first win is big no matter what. And, you know, to do it with such a, with a team that has such a legacy, especially here um, with, with Pearson back in the day, you know, I, I really think that, you know, Ryan Blaney ne isn't necessarily a legend, but that's one of those moments that is kind of legendary um, in, in the – story of Pocono Raceway, the story of NASCAR, and the story of the Wood Brothers. So it's just really cool that to have to just to be a part of that. Yeah, for sure. That's something that we'll be looking back on a couple of years from now, even even more so and being like, wow, that was a really cool moment. Um, and I know a lot of the current fans that are listening to this right now were either here in the stands for it and, and got to witness it or remember even watching that on TV um, just just recently down the road. So we got some really cool things um, with the 50th anniversary celebration coming up here. Obviously, we're getting closer. Uh, we just announced the other day that uh, we're able to have 100% capacity for our doubleheader weekend, which is going to be historic, and we're happy to share that moment with the fans, of course. Um, but in addition to that coming up with this 50 cel celebration that's kind of going hand-in-hand hand with that, uh, we have a lot of cool interviews coming up. We've recorded a couple more podcasts with some notable names such as like Steve Letarte and uh, we just talked with Daryl Waltrip yesterday so those will be coming down the pipeline here pretty soon uh, and we also have some cool things on that 50th page uh, that will be happening as well soon a lot of people ordered uh, 50th anniversary merchandise through our exclusive online store and I'm happy to say that that will be coming back online here shortly so depending on when you're listening to this podcast it, it might actually be live but it'll be uh, it'll be happening within a week or so from the date that this podcast aired. Yeah, Kevin, you nailed it. Lots of really exciting stuff and, and great announcements coming down the road, especially with this 100% capacity. And as of right now, you know, being the only track, the first track to, to do that, um, super cool. Can't wait to see those grandstands packed with fans again, especially after last year, which was such a bummer. Um, but, you know, outside of what's going on there, we still have a lot of stories to tell here on the podcast. Um, so make sure that you folks are, are going on, you're liking, rating, reviewing, and then going to PoconoRaceway.com slash 50 and telling us your story, telling us someone else's story that you're attached to. Maybe we'll uh, put it on the timeline. Maybe we'll even bring you on here and let you talk about it. Um, so make sure you do all that and uh, let's, you know, help us celebrate the 50th anniversary here at Pocono Raceway. Robert!